His quest has a path to madness. Pretty ominous, right? Yeah, that's the line that got me hooked on this movie. Guys, we're doing As Above, So Below today from 2014. It's a found footage horror film uh, based in uh, France. Uh, yeah, it takes place in the uh, the Parisian catacombs. Uh, we got some fun facts about all that stuff coming up. And uh, we're going to do some Belgian beers. Figured we're doing a movie about uh, that takes place in Europe. And so why not do some European beers? So without further ado, here we go. Thanks, Jack. Welcome back once again to Little Hops of Horrors podcast. I'm John. I'm your host. Thank you for tuning in yet again. We're on week 12. That's three months of content for all you guys. Um, again, really appreciate the support and the uh, the consistent listening here. Like Again, I can talk about the numbers, but it doesn't matter. You know, you guys keep coming back for more. I'm getting good feedback, so I do appreciate you, uh, you know, giving me a half hour, hour, hour and a half of your time, whatever the hell these episodes end up being <laughs> so again we're doing uh we're doing a little hidden gem here uh this is one of these controversial not controversial movies but uh it's one of the ones that like the critics hated but the the fans loved it we're doing as above so below came out 2014 sitting at a 28 percent on rotten tomatoes but 87 percent of Google uh, users like this. So these are the movies that are, I always find really intriguing because there's such a huge gap. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think the critics can be kind of douchebags sometimes, but that's why they're critics, right? <laughs> that's their job is to be dickheads uh, and just shit all over movies for no reason. That being said, sometimes they are correct. Uh, in this instance, I would say they're not. Um, this was a fun one. Um, yeah, got some. Got it. if you're into like like the mummy, you know, like Brendan Fraser was at like nineties ninety eight something like that. I think that came out, or uh, National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. Um, you know, these kind of like hist like history based movies where you know they they kind of nerd out a little bit on like, oh, this symbol means this from King whatever in the fourth century. You know, and everybody's always British for some fucking reason. There's some British guy in all of these movies all the time. Uh, and guess what? The main character is British, <laughs> you know, like 19 degrees and stuff. They cover all that in the beginning. Anyway. All right. <laughs> so, uh, decided to shake it up a little bit this week and do some Belgian beers with you guys. Um, felt like we were kind of doing the same styles of beer over and over again. And yes, I did forewarn you, uh, early on that that was probably going to happen. Cause I like, I really can drink three styles like every day of the week. Like a lager is good. Pilsner kind of the same thing but not really um an ipa like a nice hazy ipa and a barrel aged stout like i could drink those and that's fine i don't ever have to drink a different style again like i've, I've put my time in guys is what i'm saying uh but for you i will suffer through and keep trying these these uh you know different beers um you know this is all for you guys so i hope you appreciate uh, my dedication to this podcast so <laughs> anyway we're doing um we're doing some you've probably seen these on you know your local um you know i guess bottle shop grocery store uh beer distributor any any of these places when i first started getting into craft beer like it was hard to find 
craft beer when I first started getting into getting into it, Jesus Christ, was uh was imports, right? Because like these these little guys didn't have distro yet, and the craft beer scene is nowhere near what it, it's probably like. I mean, it's probably like a, a a fifth of what it is now. You know, like like Trogues hadn't even made it out here, right? And, and this is Pittsburgh, and you know, I know I have a, a local listenership, but you know, that just puts into perspective, like you know, Trogues is everywhere now. You know, like a Southern Tier and 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 all these guys, Sierra Nevada, like some of that stuff was like really hard to find. And so we had to rely on imports. That was kind of like something that would expand our palate. And, uh, but you had to pay a premium. I remember looking at these four packs being like, God, I'd never pay 12 bucks for a four pack. I'd fucking kill to pay $12 for a four pack of beer that I like now. Uh, the prices of that stuff's just gone insane, but Hey, you got to pay for what you want. Right. Um, we're going to do some Belgians today, and I, it's not my favorite style. Every once in a while, like, I crave them. And the ones that are available to us, you know, from Belgian, uh, Belgian, idiot, Belgium with an M. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the second time I've said the Lord's name in vain. Um, the ones that are available to us uh are pretty much top notch, right? They're almost as good as they get in these styles. Uh, there are a few that, you know, you're splitting hair. I mean, obviously it's better over there, but you know, the stuff we get over here is pretty good product. Uh, today we're doing Chimay, uh, which is, you know, they have a couple different color labels, which again, you've probably seen. We're doing the Grand Reserve today, uh, sitting at a 3.91 on untapped 9% Belgian strong ale. And, um, sipping on this right now, this isn't one you're going to be slinging back in any fucking 4th of July parties this weekend, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, maybe and like, like like a nightcap kind of thing, like you're done for the day and you you want to make sure you have a headache the next morning. Uh, no, that's not fair. Um, these beers, Belgian beers, I always have a hard time like, like picking apart the flavor profile. Um, and, and I even tried looking it up on, you know, the interweb uh, to pull, but you know, the way I can kind of put it in is, is, um, yeah, it's warm, like cozy, you know, it's like that, like it, it, almost like a clove kind of like warm banana bread, kind of, it's hard to explain, uh, multi, like sweet. I'm not a big multi guy, but it, it's, it's a different kind of like profile of malt. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but anyway, um, when they're done right, man, they're, 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 they're hard to beat. They are really good. Uh, and if you're ever in the mood for them, I mean, go get one. <laughs> I found that, uh, some of my friends that are, that aren't crazy into, uh, into the craft beer scene yet that, that I recently started trying to, you know, nudge them on, like, let's go, man, go, go try some stuff. You can, you don't like it, go back to your Bud Light or whatever the hell you drink. Um, but it seems to be an easy transition for like liquor guys, you know, guys that just do whiskey and bourbon, um, Give them a 9% strong ale. They like that. <laughs> uh, those are the same guys. Like, I don't like all them IPAs. Like, cool. They're like 300 over, you know, over, oh my God, other different styles uh, you can choose from. And this is one I would recommend uh, for your uh, uncle that just drinks whiskey and uh, light lagers. Uh, anyway. All right. So on to the movie. Um, <laughs> uh, and I forgot to tell you the other beer. 
holy heck, scatterbrain over here, eight minutes in, delirium red, right? That they get the little elephant. They're they're kind of easy to spot. Um, we're gonna get into that in a little bit here. I got some of this uh Chimay, which is it's real nice. It's better warm. A lot of these beers are. Yeah, it just tastes like cozy. You know, it's like something I want to drink in like the winter time around a fire. Something like that, you know. Um Let's talk about this movie a little bit here, huh? So it's a found footage style. It's about this woman who, um, she's like a archaeologist, I guess. That's like the easy way to put it. And she's on the search for some stone, right? So that's where you get like the mummy vibes and, you know, the, uh, the Nicolas Cage and, you know, national treasure and all that stuff. And she's looking for this thing and like, she shouldn't be where she's at, but she's got a lead and all that stuff. So she like sneaks in and, you know, it gets, it, it's kind of chaotic, right? You don't really know what the hell's going on. There's just like, you don't know what she's looking for. There's not a lot of explanation and you're just kind of along for the ride, which is cool. You know, I don't, I don't hate that. Um, but I get big time. If you guys have seen the mummy with Brendan Fraser, Evie, who, you know, his eventual wife, she reminds me a lot of her. Like, it's like they copied that character, except she's not as like probably Evie in the second one except less badass. Uh, but you'll see. Um, so looking for something called the flammable stone F with an M or maybe that was two N's and the, the closed captioning messed it up. I don't know. Flammable or flannel stone. <laughs> That's what they're looking for. Uh, some kind of something. They never really tell you why this is just what she wants. Um, but so they go into the Parisian catacombs and something is actually pretty cool about that. These, these things exist. Uh, the catacombs are real and I put in a little extra, you know, uh, extra credit on this week's uh, episode and I dug up some fun facts for all yins out there. So the Parisian catacombs are located in spoiler alert, Paris. Uh, <laughs> it took 12 years to move 6 million bodies. Yeah, that was the first thing that came up, and I'm not really sure why, so I had to dig deeper, no pun intended, uh, because the the city's cemeteries were at capacity, and the city was growing, and so they needed to move the bodies, so they just shoved them all underground, except they didn't. Uh, they they took the bodies, and they, you got to look it up, right? Like, I'm not going to do it justice, but they, like, lined the walls with skulls and bones, and it, it's it's weird that somebody like that was just someone's job to like slowly put in like Doug's head next to Barbara's head. And then like Ralph's femur over next to, you know, Daryl's fucking, I don't know, another bone. Uh, but it, it's just like super weird that you, that's your job for the day. Like, what do you do at lunch? I don't fucking know. That's, uh, I don't know. Anyway. So that was, <laughs> yeah. But this thing, it actually exists. It's super cool. It's a labyrinth, so to speak. Uh, and it hasn't all been explored yet. Uh, there's, I think they said, what is it here? Uh, 150 miles, uh, roughly of tunnels. And there's only a very small portion of it open to the public. You can go tour this. Uh, I saw that they actually, uh, I guess raffled off like a, like a one night, like Airbnb did, so you can go stay with all these fucking dead bodies that are lined in the wall. Like you, you got to look it up. Okay. Cause I'll post a picture on the Instagram, little hops horse podcast. You guys already follow me probably. If not check it out, uh, but it'll be on there with this episode. And, uh, they got some cool sculptures that they made out of like 
literal dead people and the walls are lined with literal dead people. It's fucking nuts. Uh, but it's real. And they filmed this movie here. One more. <laughs> um, last fun fact about this, uh, the, these catacombs. Uh, there are actually more dead people buried in the city of Paris than there are living people. Uh, somewhere around like 6 million, I think they said there were. Crazy, right? Or no, there's, there might be more actually. Um, I don't know if they included the actual cemeteries. Regardless, um, pretty crazy. Something even cooler, the beers we're drinking today have been being brewed, right? Been made by the monks and all that stuff um, even before all this took place. Uh, these catacombs started in about the 1800s. And uh, these beers have been rocking since the fucking 1600s. Bunch of priests got bored, needed some money, started selling some booze. Here we go. So anyway, <laughs> we find our char- our main character, her name's Scarlet, right? She's the archaeologist. And um, she wants to find this fucking stone, right? So she hires some camera guy to come along with her. She like crosses some dude that you know she abandoned in turkey and there's this weird standoff like stay away from her oh she's trouble you know that whole spiel and uh of course he's like oh wait you like you're like actually on to something so they assemble the whole crew you know he's like i know somebody or whatever they uh they get a crew and they start going down the catacombs and then they kind of like branch off um and they get to like a weird you know part where you're you have to, there's like a shortcut that's kind of presented to them, right? So they're like in this place, this like, I guess, room, so to speak. And there's like left, you can crawl through a bunch of bones. And then right, there's like a little tunnel. And they go left <laughs> through all the bones. Uh, and it gets super weird. There's a lot of descent vibes. Like if you guys have seen that with like the, like the real claustrophobic thing. So like a lot of the camera works like, I mean, there's like maybe a foot of clearance, you know, for you to squeeze through two feet at best. Um, yeah, it's, it's, if, if you're, if you're not okay with tight spaces, this movie is probably not for you. Um, but regardless, they push on and, uh, they end up doing a loop. They go through this, like this, this, you know, bone graveyard thing. And then they end up right back in the fucking room that they started in like Willy Wonka. You guys remember that when they all cram in the fucking elevator and then they open the door and they're right there anyway, like back where they started and everybody's confused. <laughs> it's similar to that. Um, and nobody questions it. I mean, they do for a second, but then old Scarlet, she's like fearless through this whole fucking movie. She's like, let's just keep going. She doesn't stop. Um, it's almost annoying, but also kind of badass. It walks that line of like, if I was with this chick, I'd be like, fuck, I'll stop jumping into holes and diving into fucking, I don't know where you're going. It's also kind of working. So I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> um, I need a sip of beer. <sighs> yeah. So they come across, uh, they go through this shortcut that they're not supposed to go through. Uh, they have like some tour guide who's like, oh, I've been here before. Actually, I don't think he's Irish or Scottish or whatever hell dumb accent I just tried to do. Um, not saying their accent is dumb. I'm saying my attempt at it was dumb. There we go, just to clarify. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he's like, I, I've never been here before. We shouldn't be here before, you know, whatever, yada, yada. And obviously Scarlett's like, no, let's just keep going. Let's just go. They get to this place called and I'm going to try my best here. Belle d'enfer. 
Yes, I took three years of French and I probably butchered the fuck out of that. But anyway, it, it means gates of hell. And this place actually exists. And these fucking idiots uh, go that way. Yes, they, they go through the gates of hell. Because, like, what could possibly fucking go wrong there, right? But it just, it starts going... It, it, this is where the movie kind of lost me for a minute here because it starts moving at a, at a pace where there's just a lot of like erratic camera movement and, you know, unnecessary dialogue. There's like a phone in the middle of this labyrinth and it's ringing and there's just no context, right? Like it just kind of loses you for a minute. There's like a guy down there that they find and they're like, oh yeah, that's the guy that we lost like a month ago. Hey. Like you're still alive, everything's okay. Like it's just weird, um, but you know you're you're along for the ride. So they keep pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing. Um, they get to another you know area they probably shouldn't go to. They find this well, right? And you're like, how much deeper can this fucking thing go? There's a well, like it you know reminds me of the ring, um, and it just goes. You can't see the bottom, so of course they go down and. Uh, cameraman is the you know this is the second time he gets fucked up the first time he gets fucked up is in with all the bones this time his like repel breaks and he just has to hold on with his hands and his hands like it all you know torn up like rope burn oh look brutal but um they get to the bottom of this and i think it's time i finish this beer and get on to my next one because we're getting close to the halfway point already all right, we're only doing two today. I uh, hope that's okay with everybody. If not, I'll make up for it next week. So this is Delirium Red. Just so you guys you know, remember where we are. Uh, cameraman, burn his hands. Um, they're down on a fucking hole under Paris. That's all you need to know. So let's see what Delirium Red's all about. Whoa, was not expecting that. Oh, wow. Okay, so something about um, the Belgians. They put fruit in their beer. Uh, this is a Belgian ale with cherry and elderberry. Um, family brewery, brewery since 1654. That's fucking badass. Dude, your family's been making beer for, oh my God, longer than the United States has been around. Think about that. <laughs> We're drinking beer from a place that's been <laughs> making beer longer than we've been in fucking country. Whoa. Um, that's kind of cool. Um, anyway, this, so this has fruit in it, and uh, it's a little sweeter, a little tart, right? Kind of, kind of sour. Way different flavor profile from from the Chimay, though. Um, there was a there was a uh, a bar in Pittsburgh called the Sharp Edge, and they like got off on having all these like exotic imports. They had like Thomas Hardy, which is like an old english style barley wine they had uh from like the 80s and these beers are like meant to age i think the oldest one i ever had was uh from jw lee that was a 2001 i actually let it age so i can it was old enough to drink itself right so i had like a 21 year old beer <laughs> um it's pretty good uh maybe i'll see if i can find another one for a different episode anyway we're getting off track here um cameraman burn his hands and uh they're in a hole so they keep looking for these clues, looking for these stone, you know, whatever. And they come across the, uh, do you guys remember the mummy? Okay. I, I keep 
you know, referring to this because it, it pulls, you know, so much from these two things. Um, when the weird worker dudes in the beginning are like trying to open up that, you know, sarcophagus and they all get sprayed with that, whatever. There's a similar thing here where they like have to solve this riddle. They have to pull the right stone and then the door opens. If it doesn't, they all die. And so, you know, Scarlet figures it out and the door opens and they, op- they walk into some like tomb where there's a guy in there. He's dead, but they said really specifically that he's 700 years old, but he's still fresh. It's weird. And he's in this room and he's like on a, you know, like a bed thing. And there's like a pool of water next to him and everything. And they see light coming from underneath there. And they're like, let's go see what that is. I just, I don't, <laughs> maybe, maybe this movie is just meant to make you uncomfortable the whole time. Uh, yes, I know what a horror movie is. But this this one in particular, I'm like, who the fuck just dumps jumps into, you know, dark ass water in the middle of, you know, the earth, essentially, at this point, they've been climbing down for fucking ever. Uh, you can't see anything. You don't know what the hell's on the other side. So they get on the other side and holy fucking shit, they found the treasure room. It's there. They found it. There's a bunch of gold everywhere. It's all behind like these, you know, big cages and all that stuff. And Scarlet runs right by that shit and goes and stares at her painting on the wall and grabs this little fucking piece of gravel. And that's what she's excited about. Like, I was expecting the stone to be something like super cool. No, it's just like a rock. It's not just a rock. Nothing crazy, nothing shiny, nothing like see-through, nothing unique. Literally just a fucking rock that you have in your driveway right now, probably. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, she got it. Well, now what? (laughs) Everybody's celebrating like, fuck yeah, we're rich. And uh, the other idiots try to get into the gold and uh, it's booby trap. And the whole fucking ceiling collapses on them. And there's a, a girl that gets hurt in the meantime. And uh, Sarah is now Sarah. Who the fuck is Sarah? Scarlet. Uh, God damn it. I'm t- I'm just tired. I'm not drunk or anything. I'm just tired. Um, it's been a long week. She, <laughs> she runs over with her stone and it magically he- heals this chick. Uh, so that was, that was kind of, you know, interesting. So it's time to, you know, get out of this place, right? They got the stone. That's all they ever wanted. They can come back for the gold or whatever. Let's get back out of here. Except they can't. It turns into some kind of weird, like they can't get back out. It just, it just sends them in like a, like a reverse way that they came. And I know that sounds kind of redundant because that's what it would be if you, you know, went back out the way you came in, but it, it's like they have to do everything all over again and they just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into this world. And this is where it starts getting kind of trippy, right? You don't know what the fuck is going on. They have to do the well thing again. They have to do the water thing again. Like, but it's not, it's not taking them the direction that they thought it was going to. They just have, you know, this scarlet's just like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. And they come up on this uh, weird dude again. Uh, the guy that they found, he was like, oh, he was conveniently hanging out in the tunnel or whatever. Um, I I thought <laughs> there, was a, there was a part of me there that maybe they're in this like alternate universe now, right? Um, maybe, maybe everything's like kind of backward, like mirrored, 
that's probably the best way to describe it is that everything they're doing now is like mirrored. The way that they're leaving is mirrored and the guy's not reacting. There's this chick there and she, the, the same one that got it, uh, the, the fucking roof dropped on her and uh, homeboy is like not a fan. He startled, he grabs her, beats her fucking face off the ground <laughs> until she's dead and kill of the week. <laughs> Yeah, that's our kill of the week, uh, mainly because there's only like two other ones and they weren't that good. Uh, there was one with like a, there's like a car burning. It gets so fucking weird. Like, I don't get it. This movie just, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't get what, it's like they tried really hard, but they didn't give you any substance. And I know that not everything needs over explained. I've said that, I've said that, but you can't just start throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. And then when none of it does still put it in the movie. And that's what happened here. Um, so it's a little messy at this point. Regardless, I just saw some chick get her face bashed in and I'm, you know, whatever that, that makes me feel better. Uh, what does that say about me as a human being? Anyway, to the next death <laughs> camera guy finally gets his, um, this was a close, well, they don't really No, Yeah, they do show how he dies. Um, Great jump scene. Great jump scene. Uh, he's just getting ready to descend into, you know, another hole. They just keep going down, which is crazy. Like, anyway. Um, and there's some, like, stuff going on. Now, I have... <laughs> to clarify, there's, like, a little girl that runs behind him, like, in the frame that you can't... You know, he can't see, but you can see. And then he looks back to see something, you know, and it's that great panning. That's what's nice about like first person view. And, um, you know, the found footage thing is that, you know, I think jump scares are a lot better that way because you're so drawn in. you're not expect you're expecting it, but you don't know when. Uh, so that, that, you know, I don't know. It just makes it a little better for me. Um, there's like a bunch of random characters, uh, that just happened to be down here. So camera guy dies. There's like four people left and they're like, Oh God, he's fucking dead. They take off and they come across a car burning in the middle of this labyrinth. And there's like a kid inside of it. And then he kills somebody and then the car disappears. And then there's just feet in the ground. It, dude, it just gets so weird. Um, then I started seeing like dark hooded figures and the walls, literally start screaming like there's like faces coming out of the wall um and it, it like bites a dude it just gets fucking so weird uh yeah and i don't know the the wall bites a dude and scarlet's like i'll go save you because like the, the stone all of a sudden doesn't work now and she has this moment of like self-reflection she's like oh i know what i need and she goes like American gladiator and just takes off through the fucking, you know, uh, labyrinth. Like she knows every fucking ins and outs and, you know, all the corners and she gets all the way back to where she has to do magically scales, like three different wells, all that stuff puts the stone back, runs all the way back down and dude's fine. All of a sudden they pop the manhole off. They find a manhole, right? Um, and they get out but they're upside down when it happens. Uh, it's a weird ending. It's a weird trippy movie. I'm not exactly sure what I watched. Uh, I, I'm probably gonna have to watch it again. 
uh, to, to really give it like a, I don't know, maybe a better score. Um, ultimately, it's like a 6 out of 10. It's not the best movie I've seen. Um, these aren't the best beers I've drank. So, but I figured we'd do some, uh, some European beers with a European movie. They say at the end, um, you know, you have to right your wrongs to get out of this. So maybe, maybe you just had to like, I don't know, confront your demons, um, and, and deal with them. Maybe that's what the, the message was for this, this whole time, um, in the movie. Uh, but yeah, as far I mean, this was, this is like a cult favorite. People are always recommending this movie as, you know, this is great. This is great. This is one of the ones that, uh, you know, doesn't quite hit the mark for me. Uh, not mad I watched it, but, uh, you know, probably won't go out of my way to recommend it. Um, yeah, it just gets weird. That's, that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much it. I don't think I have too much else to say. Coming up on 29 minutes, my motherfucking ass is getting tired. So I think I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to try to get another one in this weekend. Um, I think I have my wife convinced to watch uh, The Summer of 84, which this is a personal favorite of mine. And then I promise we'll go back to movies that you guys have probably heard about. <laughs> so you can follow along or you can just watch these movies that I'm posting about. Either way, uh, Thanks again for all the support. Thanks again for, you know, let me do this and, and, and ramble drunkenly into a microphone that I got off of MacBid. This has been fun. It's still fun. Um, we're going to keep it going. So again, until next year, next year, you fucking idiot. <laughs> until next week, we'll catch up with you guys later. Cheers.